Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's Christmas week. Can you believe it? Christmas is Friday. But anyway, I'm very excited because we have a really fun Christmas book that will definitely uh, lighten your spirits and get you in the mood for the holiday. It's called Catawampus Christmas by USA Today bestselling author Anne Charles, who is back with us. I was so excited when she was going to come back. We had such a great time last time. So If you haven't read her yet, I'll go ahead and read her bio here so you can get to know her. Anne has a BA in English with an emphasis on creative writing from the University of Washington. She's a member of Sisters in Crime and Western Writers of America. She's currently toiling away on her next book and wishing she was on a Mexican beach with an ice-cold corona in one hand and a book in the other. When she's not dabbling in fiction, she is arm-wrestling with her two kids and attempting to seduce her husband and also arguing with her sassy cat. Most nights, you can find her hanging out over at her website, and I did put a link to her website, annecharles.com. You can click on it anytime and join her newsletter. She's also on Facebook as Ann Charles or Ann W. Charles on Twitter. So without any further delay, you there, Ann? I am here. I'm here. Thank you for having me today, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming back. And you have a super fun Christmas book out. Do you want to tell everybody about it? Sure. Um, So this is from the Deadwood Undertaker series that I co-write with my husband, Sam Lucky. And we have a book, a novella that we wrote called Catawampus Christmas Carol. And it's... um, it came about because we're we're big fans of the movie Scrooge, which stars Bill Murray and is based off, of course, Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol, and and they took that for the movie, of course, and twisted it and um, had a lot of fun with it, and we we love that idea, um, so we wanted to do something similar with our series and and take that basis, A Christmas Carol and add our own flavor and and tweaks to it to make it fit the 1876 setting in Deadwood, South Dakota, a booming mining town, um, you know, what was going on there. And we already, this series, the Deadwood Undertaker series, is a mix of supernatural, Western humor, adventure, and action. So it, it was fun to fit that, you know, same kind of thing around with, a Christmas Carol, and since it is supernatural, we already have a ghost in the regular series. So it was very, <laughs> very fun to have you know Marley's ghost be Uncle Morton, you know, and just kind of start with that and go forward, and you know, play with it. This is multi point of views where our point of views, whereas a Christmas Carol, of course, is most is, is Ebenezer Scrooge. So it's it's kind of fun to try and and change it a little bit to have the different point of views and who was playing which Christmas ghost, you know, the past, the present, Mm -hmm. the future. So we had a great time writing the story. Um, And at the end, it's, you know, it's about friendship. Not all of us at this time of year have family that we can go spend time with. Um, Or some of us lost family. Or some of us are right now with COVID, we can't spend time with our families. So friends, you know, this is it's a story of friendship and with a lot of, you know, other stuff mixed in, but showing how friends are 
as important a lot of times as family for many people. So in the end, um, after a lot of laugh and laughter and some great times on the page, we hope you walk away feeling uplifted and, and kind of in the spirit of the times, even though, you know, maybe, maybe your world isn't exactly happy Christmas at this moment for many reasons. Right, right. Yeah, this definitely sounds like a nice way to, you know, lift your spirits and, and know that, you know, things will get better. <laughs> right, right. And it was so much fun because, you know, the original Dickens um, Christmas Carol is set in 1840s London. Well, this is set in 1870, late, you know, 1876, Deadwood. Um, so to get to have the town, the setting is part of the story, too, showing you the people, of you know, walking around on the streets and different things happening. That was a lot of fun to do, to create this world, you know, and drop you into the 1870s there. Right. Do you have to do a ton of research or have you written enough books now in that world? Because they're not usually historical, right? Well, uh, my solo stories that I write are not. They're um, contemporary. But the Deadwood Undertaker series is all, you know, the historical Western that I write with oh, my I husband. And yeah, now... I would. I love westerns, and I grew up reading Louis the Moors, Anne Gray, and, and many you know big westerns books. But to do a good job on writing a western, you're right. It takes tons of research. You can't blow it. You can't use the wrong, you know, item. There, basically, you know, this kind of candle, this kind yeah, of you know, all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. It has to be what's there. And my husband does an amazing job researching. Um, it's what he's always been such a great researcher, whether there's something wrong with the vehicle and he's got to figure out how to fix it or he's going to build something and he has to research how to build it. So this is just right up his He's a Google master. (laughs) He's so good at, and he's read so many books and so many articles and so much um, about the history of the the Black Hills and the Deadwood area. So he, um, it's just so amazing to come in and and yes, this is this was here and this was here and this was here. So it's really this series is, is really a blending of our voices. It's not he writes one part and I write another part. It didn't work that way. When it all came out from the beginning with the first book in the Deadwood Undertaker series, Life at the Coffin Joint, and we tried this, it was right out of the gate, this is gonna be a blending. Um and I don't wow. think I would do that with, with anyone else. It's not easy to do. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful moments and a lot of frustrating moments for the two of us. Um, <laughs> but what, what comes out in the end is our fun stories and um, worth, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears and all the, you know, along with the last or to, to tell these stories, I think. So when you guys are co-writing, are you writing and he's editing or is he writing and you're editing or do you both write different parts and then mash them together? How do you make it work? So we start out together with brainstorming and we build, you know, the plot and we build um, with each chapter, we build scene and sequel and go through and and brainstorm all that pre, you know, it's like making out the uh, plans for the building we're going to build type of thing. So we do that together and we have a story. Um, and then he takes that, those plans and he starts and he gets going and he writes um, 
the first draft going through and gets all this on the page and many things. And there's things where he's really strong and I go through it. I just get to read and enjoy. And there's things where I come in and he leaves me room um, and I add my parts and what I do and what I'm good at doing. So together we, by the time we're done, we have a draft and then we read it together and see how it comes out, and we tweak it toward the end, you know, together, reading it aloud. So that's kind of how the stories build. Wow, I love that. And I would think that that would be really hard, though. So <laughs> I'm sure there's times where <laughs> well, you both want to go, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If one of us has an idea on how something should go and the other's not quite in there with them yet, it can be frustrating. <laughs> or if um, I misunderstand something that he meant, and maybe I – you know, add to it, but I add it incorrectly, then we have to go back and talk about it and go, oh, crap, I I thought you meant it this way. It takes a lot of communication as we go, um, a lot. You have to be, con- you know, together. It it it's just works wonderfully because we live together, so we can constantly be right. working through things. But he makes me laugh so many times. I don't know if I've ever shared this, but I'll be reading along as I get ready to start in and do my part, you know, reading his, his draft and going through. And then there's a part maybe he, where he wants me to add something um, and, and put my, you know, part in. And so he'll, he'll leave me little funny messages as I'm reading. So I'm in the story and I'm reading along, reading along. <laughs> and all of a sudden he's like, and um, you know, this is loosey goosey. I don't know that it's, but it'd be like Anne add some smooches here, or smoochy smoochy here, or something like that, or or he'll add a whole line of something, and then Anne stepped in and did this, this, and this, and it's usually something hilarious to where I, you know, not only it pulls me out of this like a someone um, throwing you know sprinkling water at my face because like oh my gosh what, and then and then I start laughing you know because it's like oh my gosh really, so and because we're married. You know, sometimes they're a little risque, the things he, he tells me in this text, which is so fun. I mean, it's it's great for our relationship, too, that we we have this, you know, it's like a secret thing we can do together where he'll put that in and then I'll just laugh and come talk to him, you know, or whatever. So it's it's a lot of fun, too, working with him like that. Oh, I love it. That sounds great. And how many books are in the, the Undertaker series? Currently, we have three books out, um, and then this would be 3.5 if you're reading them um, in time order, you know, in order order they come out. Yeah. um, So, and then we've got book four is what we're currently working on, and we hope to have out this coming summer, 2021. And that's called... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to... No, it's okay. I just... And then I realized I hadn't said any of the names hardly, but... So we have Life at the Coffin Joint, A Long Way from Ordinary, um, Can't Ride Around It, then there's Catawampus Christmas Carol, and then the fourth book is The Backside of Hades. So nice. those are the books coming that, that we have in the series so far. And it's actually the first book, Coffin Joint, is going to actually come out in audio audiobook this January. So we're excited to have oh, and, and the next one will be, they'll be coming too. So we have them coming in 2021 in audio as well as print and ebook. And this one, the Undertaker series, because it's historical, is it is it tied to the other books or, or just take it, place in the same town? It is. It, well, it's tied in that. It's like a, a prequel to my contemporary Deadwood Mystery series. Same town, you know, same world. And because the Deadwood Mystery series, the contemporary one, is also supernatural, 
there are all kinds of creatures and different things, and they don't go by human timelines. You see um, some of the characters in this book, um, people that are ghosts, maybe when they were alive. They were alive. Um, Oh, I love it. (laughs) People that aren't human, that have a different timeline for their lives, that are in both books. So it's really fun if you if you enjoy the contemporary Deadwood mystery world that I've built and you read this one, you're going to find characters, see characters you know, get to know them better, you know, for those that maybe are ghosts in the future or in the contemporary. You'll get to see them alive and meet them and see what they were like. And it really kind of fills out the world even more of, you know, the contemporary one I built by giving you the background of what happened before the big, you know, the current one and all that went on before that maybe in the contemporary one, my main character, Violet, is still dealing with and having to take care of now. So they are tied um, um, very much so, but yet you can still read the series without having read the other one and it won't affect it. It just makes even more rich richer if you yeah yeah richer if you've read one or the other um and then you combine and read the two you can really get a feel for and then it's like who's this oh was that back then is this this person is this related to this person in the contemporary and then it's kind of fun to do that with it yeah do you guys keep like a giant series bible at your house so you can keep it all straight (laughs) i have a friend who came to me it was about my fourth book was out third or fourth book in the main deadwood mystery series and she came to a book signing um ironically for another author that was there and she came over to me she's like i've read your books this was years and years ago and i said oh yeah she goes oh did you know those i love them i love them but did you know you changed eye color on this character from this book to this book and i was like you notice that huh and she goes yeah i just kind of noticed those things and i was like this is, you are who I've been waiting for <laughs> because <laughs> I need help because this is going to be a big series and it's going to take a lot of work to keep track of it all. And I could use someone, if you enjoy doing story world building, you know, keeping track, I could use your help so much so with what's to come. And so she signed on way back when, and she actually has a um, her own business now. It's your world keeper. I'm pretty sure is the name of it. And you can find oh, it through Facebook or wow. online. But, yeah, she actually does it for other authors too. But we started out together with her helping me with all my different, you know, I have five different series running. And so when she started, I only had two getting the third one up and running. But so she has a, a OneNote, uh, Microsoft OneNote that she uses, and she keeps track of everything, amazing details wow. for me. Along with each question that doesn't fully get answered at the end of a book, you know, because it's a series, so there are some threads, uh, plot threads or story threads that go over books, many books. So I have, uh, you know, that listed as well. And down to details like eye color, um, nicknames used for this character, and by whom, you know. So it's really important when you're doing a big series or multiples that tie in like this, to have that because um, readers are so smart and they will catch yes. when you screw something up. So you have to be, you know, as well as telling a good story, you have to be, in my opinion, pretty diligent about details and keeping it all straight. And so we right. try. I try it as yeah. best I can. Yeah, we try our best. But 
But yeah. yeah, you want it to be the same so that when somebody steps in with their best friends, when they open the next book, you know, suddenly their eye color has changed. I know. Right? And it's amazing how easy it is to do that as an author. The, the littlest mm-hmm. details you can, as well as continuity, story continuity, you might forget when you've written 10 books that back in book right. eight, you did say this already. And so um, I also, before I start a new book, I reread the entire series again. And for the main series, my main series, which I'm working on book 12 now of the Dead Mystery series, that, that alone. Wow, you read, read all 11 first? I do, I do. And wow. I'm really tired of book one, but there's little I nuggets bet. in there still that I go, oh, <laughs> I could really play on that. And then it's kind of cool because if you're reading book 12 and it plays clear back to something said in book one or two, it's really fun if you, you know, have been paying attention. So I try to write to readers that maybe only read a book once and just want the fun of one word through. But then I also try to keep in mind those readers like me who, if you really love a book, you will read it over and over and over, just like watching a movie over and over. And so I want to put stuff in the stories for those readers as well to give them maybe on their fourth reading, they go, Oh my gosh, it was all here. It's here, you know, and I want to give them that kind of depth of, of fun in the stories as well. Oh, I love that. And you, I, when I was poking around on your website, you have like mini series, are they all connected or are some of them totally separate? Cause it looked like a few of them are attached to Deadwood, right? Yeah, there's so I have the the Deadwood Undertaker series, which is the historical supernatural, and as I said, it's it's the prequel basically to the Deadwood mystery series, contemporary, and then I have Jackrabbit Junction mystery series, which they are connect. They're in the same story world, um, in that the heroine of the Deadwood mystery series grew up in the house next to the main heroine in the Jackrabbit Junction series. Now, <clears throat> Jackrabbit Junction takes place in Arizona, whereas Deadwood, South Dakota, but it's because that family has moved down to Arizona to an RV park where the grandfather originally went. But they know each other, and not only do they know each other from growing up next to each other and hanging out and playing, the cousin of the Jackrabbit characters, the Morgan sisters' cousin Natalie, is the best friend of Violet in the Deadwood mystery series. So Natalie will go back and forth between series and hang out with her cousins oh. and then go back and be with her best friend Violet in Deadwood and part of that. So I'll do um, some stories where sometimes Natalie's down south and there's other characters like that that I move around. And then there's the Dig Site Mystery Series I have, which is archaeology down in um, Maya territory in oh, the Peninsula area of Mexico. It's, it's archaeology, kind of adventure, suspense, um, a mix of all that. And the hero in that is Quint Parker, who is the brother of Violet Parker. So they're tied that way, as well as that is also supernatural down there. So the supernatural worlds are connecting in that those two series. The only series that currently doesn't have a connection yet, because there is, I just haven't spelled it out on the page, is the Silly Circus series. Um, and those are just novellas, so they're shorter stories. But there is a connection, and it will come in time when I reveal it. But for now, it seems to float out on its own. And where does that one take place? That one is on a traveling circus train. 
So you go from state to state to different towns. Yeah, so so far they've been in, um, I think the first one was Alabama, the second one's Louisiana, and the third one will take place in Texas when I get to it. Oh, so, wow. How do you keep yeah. all the books coming out for each series? Does each each series get a book a year, or how do you do it? I wish I wrote that fast. <laughs> um, I, I usually write uh, a Deadwood main Deadwood mystery series one a year because um, the fans love it, and, and that's one of the favorites. So that one, one book a year comes out typically. And then for the others, I juggle back and forth. Uh, I put out uh, Jackrabbit Junction number five. Um, that was just, what was that? Oh, geez, my brain went, just went. It's prickly pear posse. <laughs> There's something in the prickly pear posse. So that one came out. Oh, boy, I think it was actually 2019 because 2020 was Deadwood. And then we've been building this Undertaker series. So I actually put more time into getting the Undertaker series because, as you know, as an author, if you're having a series, they really you really need to get about five books in before they right. have, they really start getting some traction. They take off, so, yeah. Yeah, so Jackrabbit's up to five, and I'll be working on book six, I hope, at the end of 2021 for that series. And – Undertakers, we're working on four, so we're getting there. And of course, Deadwood, I'm on 12, which will come out next year. Or I'm hoping late spring or early spring. So I try to keep going and keep, you know, every other is a Deadwood or, you know, just keep mixing it up. But I really, I only have two dig site series books, and I really want to write more of those. So I'm going to take a chunk of time and write the third book in that series this coming year. Um, come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. So, <laughs> so yeah, for the readers out really there, love it. that one. Another book coming. I know. <laughs> I know it's coming. It's just it's been it's been hectic, and then 2020 came and kind of knocked me sideways, yeah. like so many people, um, with all kinds of things coming through that, of course, make it hard to write when when mm-hmm. real life is coming into play. So, just keep on going, keep writing what I can, mm-hmm. and. One of my goals in the next year is to return to just feeling the joy of storytelling. You know what right. I mean when you write because mm-hmm. you love it, not because of right. deadlines or anything like that. Just telling a story because you love to tell stories. So I want to try to focus on that and hope that comes out on the pages. Oh, I love that. And I wanted to, I think we may have talked about this last time you were on, but for the people who didn't catch that, what was your inspiration behind the whole Deadwood? What made you choose that town? What made it the idea come alive? Where did it all come from? So the main Deadwood mystery series, I I spent time, my mom moved to the Black Hills from Northwest Ohio when I was uh, seventh grade, at the end of seventh grade, I believe. And so I'm, I went there and I started being there a lot because my mom lived there and spending time with her holidays, Christmas, or, I mean, Christmas is holidays, holiday summer, as much as I could. Um, and then going back and forth between my parents who were divorced. So I, I grew up partway uh, in Deadwood, spent so much time there in my early years and, and just hanging around the town, visiting the museums, doing what kids do when you're bored and your parents are at work, but you can't, you know, you want to be out of town a little bit. So I spent so much time there, this soaking up everything about that, as well as exploring the hills and the old mines and the old structures that were left from the boom days. 
So I, I fell in love way back when I was a kid. And then when I was started writing and really getting into it, you know, I was actually visiting my mom, um, my husband and I were, and I had one child, one baby, and one on the way. And I just had this what-if moment of what if I was, you know, a single mom and I had two kids, maybe twins, double the trouble, right? And, and how would <laughs> life be, you know, in this contemporary world of Deadwood? What would it be like? And if I was a realtor and I could go see all these homes I've always daydreamed about seeing, you know, the inside of these old Victorian homes or, or those old buildings, what would that be like? And what kind of mysteries would there be? And Deadwood is well known for its ghosts. In, in the real world, everybody, you know, Deadwood's haunted. Um, right. And you can see, find many shows online about haunted Deadwood. So what if we added some ghosts into this, you know, world and other characters? And, and how would this all come about? So that was kind of, you know, and my husband and I, Sam Lucky, way back when, started talking about that on the trip home that we drove there from Seattle to um Deadwood that time and now we live in Arizona but then we were over in Washington and and we talked about it we got home and we talked about it some more and brainstormed and daydreamed and so it just all you know that's kind of how it all started was I I wanted to write this series set in Deadwood that I kind of knew you know you write what you know I know a, a bit about it I've been there so much you know and grew up a lot there so yeah it was kind of the start of the whole thing and I'd already written the first uh, and the second Jackrabbit Junction books by then, actually, when I wrote that first Deadwood. But I published the Deadwood one first. Nearly Departed in Deadwood was my actually first published book. And then I went back, and I had the second one written for the Deadwood series, and I published that, both of those in 2011. And then I wrote, I published the first of the Jackrabbit series at the end of 2011 because I didn't want to be stuck in one series. I wanted right. readers to Second know from the yeah. yeah, I wanted the readers to know from the get go that there were going to be multiple series coming from me, and we'd be hopping all over the place, you know. So <laughs> just to give me that freedom to right out of right. the gate to tell multiple kinds of stories, um, because I think as authors, I mean, some can probably write the same series over and over. For me, I I need to switch it up. It makes it fun. Yeah, I get bored. You too. know, to yeah. go. Right. So, you know, yeah, you want to switch things up. You just need to breathe and go do something different and then come back and you can love them both. Right. Right. Yeah. Because with with Deadwood, I get to be a realtor through Violet, the character. Down in Arizona, I'm a handy woman with Claire Morgan, who's who's one of the main stars. I'm a handy woman. And then when I get to go down to the jungle, I'm an archaeologist and I love that. So I get to explore (laughs) and discover. So it's like getting to wear different career hats, you know. Yeah, that's why part of why we write, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can become learning. experts in all kinds of things we don't really get to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right, exactly. So I've been asking everybody who came on the show in December, tell us your favorite holiday movies so that we can all binge watch them this week. Okay, so I already mentioned Scrooge. I love that. Right. We watch it multiple Scrooge times. Scrooge is my husband's lot of, favorite, yeah. Yeah, just have it in the background, in the lines that you repeat, you know, just as you're mm-hmm. making cookies and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, I'm I'm always, at, one, at least once, if not multiple times, White Christmas, just in the background. Sometimes oh, I sit and uh-huh. watch certain parts. 
you know, and singing that snow. Good music. Yeah, it's fun to do that and and she parts of that. So that's always one. Um, I'm also, you know, the first Home Alone's fun. That was fresh and good, you know, and and the characters in that were always great and the kids love it. We also, um, we've been, we watched Die Hard this time so we could have a little (laughs) bit of different Die Hard. And then um, last night we watched Lethal Weapon because that's also Christmas. I always forget that that happens at Christmas time. Yeah, it's a it's a Christmas movie. I mean, they have the trees, they have all the stuff up there. So we've been watching, we've been trying that. So sorry, our kids are now a little older; they're in their teens. So here, try this. See what you think of this instead of right. you know maybe some of the old classics. Um, and there's one I like to watch, and I don't often mention, but I will tell you, it is rated R. Um, but it's it's happy. It's the series. There's eight in the first series. Happy. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's on Netflix, oh, I, I believe. It stars one of the guys. I think it's in Law and Order, and he's so funny and expressive. But again, it's really not for kids. It is more adult um, with language and a few other things in it. But it is Christmas. The whole thing's set over oh, Christmas neat. and kind of a bad Santa thing. And he's got to help his daughter who gets kidnapped um but it's not as dire as it sounds i mean it is but there's so much humor dark humor and stuff in it that i do enjoy <laughs> it's a little yeah. twisted it's got a blue flying unicorn Patton oswald is the voice of <laughs> oh my um God. and he's just an he's an innocent kid's imaginary unicorn and he's stuck with the dad who's a long time used to be a cop but has gone off the deep end cop so it's the torrid world of that, you know, along with this happy <laughs> unicorn that's trying to find the girl, too, and working together. So they're really funny and I, together. And I'm a huge unicorn fan, so I will definitely check it out. <laughs> so, you know, it's like I said, it starts right out of the gate. Is wow, what is this? Holy cow. And, it, again, it's not for kids. Um, it's It's much more. Is an adult and it's dark, but there. If as a writer, the way he, um, the main, the hero, uh, dark hero, of course, the way he says stuff, his facial expressions, his body language, I sit there and I try to think, how can I capture some of this, and describe it on the page without bogging you down, you know? Um, right. And I love to watch shows for that to try to figure out how to take a setting or something and then put it on the page. And and make it come alive that way. So it's as a writer, I think you'll enjoy watching the body language that he does because it's he's yeah. very expressive. Oh, I can't wait! So we're out of time, but before we go, how can readers get in touch with you? Do you have a newsletter? How how do you like them to reach out? Um, multiple ways. I'm all over the place. Um, you can <laughs> come through my website. <laughs> I have a connect page on my website where you can actually send me an email or you can sign up for my newsletter there as well. I'm also on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm on Snapchat, but I'll be honest. I just like to take funny pictures and put them elsewhere and send them <laughs> to family members. So that's my main <laughs> Snapchat thing. Um, but I am, and the most you're going to find me, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. That's where I hang out the most. Twitter is, is not one of my main places to go to because that scrolling, just I'm like, what's going on? Everything's moving so fast. I know, you get all sucked <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I am on, I started TikTok, but I haven't 
built that yet. I just, because I get, again, over there, I get very distracted in TikTok land because it's so fun. Yes, there's so many videos. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Facebook is my main where you can always, I check multiple times a day as well as Instagram. And then, like I said, you can email me. So, and I try to get back with people within a day or so, unless, you know, there's life going on and I get back as soon as I can. So, Well, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time during Christmas week. And everyone listening, please go grab Catawampus Christmas Carol. It sounds like it will definitely be a way to lift your spirits during this very strange holiday time that we're having in 2020. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for joining us on Book Life. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.